All right. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Thank you all for joining our Ramadan uh, Jumma with uh, Ustada Chaplain Maryam Sharif joining us from the East Coast. We're really excited to have her. Um, and you all heard our repeat Muadhana, and she was also a past uh, khatiba, um, Jessica Kenny, um, who did an amazing new style uh, of recitation. Um, she usually does it in the Javanese style from Indonesia, but today she um, experimented with a new style based on Asian popular music. So we had two special treats for you this Ramadan, Jumma, um, and we really hope that you enjoyed it. Um, so thank you and welcome to you both and welcome to everyone. Um, and yeah, if anyone would like to start off uh, with a reflection or a question, um, I see Hala. Um, Hala, you can go ahead and unmute yourself if you'd like to give your feedback. Oh, I just wanted to say I really, really enjoyed the football and the azan was, uh, I've never heard that style and it was very uplifting. Both of them went really beautifully together. Yeah. So thank you for that. And yeah, Mariam and Jessica, do you guys have anything that you wanted to share right off the bat? Um, I know that, uh, you know, this is the month of Ramadan and um, spirits are high. Like this is, we have a, about a week and a half left. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share with our congregants during this time? Don't be, don't be polite. <laughs> Go for it. I'll be lahi Always, alhamdulillah, I want to be polite. Alhamdulillah, but assertive. Alhamdulillah. Um, so I did want to say heed for, for all of us, heed your healthy heart and in it look towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for healing the hurt in your heart. And that this is a moment in these, we're about to be in the last 10 days of, of um, Ramadan and the miraculous things can happen and do in the last 10 days and throughout. And, and that includes healing, healing that we thought would never occur. And also that seems like is not possible. Alhamdulillah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, lean on those names of Allah, especially Al-Fatah. Allah is the opener. Allah is Al-Qadir, the one who is the most able. And lean on those names and ask Allah in the names that you know, and also say in the names that have not been revealed to me, because there are names that we don't know about. And still, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to ask and please take advantage of the middle of the night when others are sleeping and those angels are writing, she is up asking and pleading to her Lord and Allah, Allah Mujib, Allah is the one who responds and answers. Amen. Thank and, you. Um, I want to, um, I have been in touch with the mosque and I'm so happy to be in a Zoom call. 
unfortunately I cannot stay long, um, but I'm so happy to hear um, you all speak and share openly. Um, I, uh, I'm a teacher and I'm wondering about emotional literacy for Muslims. Um, and I believe the um, sister Ustada mentioned that today, and I wanted to know what resources are available or if there's something on the Women's Muslim America website that can be put up because I want to develop um, in time curricula or connect with people who want to develop curricula to help um, our students and our younger people coming through the ranks um, to develop that. I'm an adult teacher, so I still, again, want to be able to speak to that. But um, I would love to you know, send an email just to follow up with this and say, hey, can we connect um, after this Zoom call? Like I said, I can't stay long. Um, and be able to discuss more, to be able to get a little bit more fleshed out would be awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Assalamu Nice to meet you. Nice to see you. And you do wonderful work, especially because you're working with adults. <laughs> SubhanAllah. And I would love to talk to you more about emotional literacy and offhand, um, but let's follow up with an email offhand. Um, there is a sister who is um, her, she's a convert to Islam. And she ha- uh, she specializes in, academically um, in emotional literacy and um, emotional intelligence. And her name is Carla Kovacic, K-O-V-A-C-I-K. And she has um, a website called um, Feeling Muslim, which has all sorts of qual- qualitative and quantitative data is very heavy on the quantitative data. And um, she speaks to emotional literacy in a new book um, from Sheikha Anissa Tamara Gray, and it's called The Project Lena Book. And it's also another book about converts um, to Islam, Um, but a huge part of it is emotional literacy. And um, those are, the two resources that I can think of right now. Um, but let's connect via email, inshallah. Okay. okay. And if you could please get your email to um, the, the Master of America so I can follow up, up with you. I'll be happy to do that next Thank week. you. Inshallah. Thank you so much. <laughs> you could even uh, type it in the chat if you want uh, right now. Inshallah. Okay, I'll, I'll feel more comfortable. If oh, I just, yeah, <laughs> I hope it doesn't get lost in the shuffle, but yeah, um, send it to send it to our Instagram, uh, DM us, slide into I our. I don't, DM. yeah, I don't use it. <laughs> so maybe I'll just like say follow up with Sister Usada Mariam. Sounds, yeah. yeah, that sounds good. That's yeah, that's yeah. how. Great, thank you. So I have a question for you, uh, Mariam. Um, one of the important points that you brought up um, in your khutbah uh, about when you when you experienced that loss of your friend and mm-hmm. and it affected your relationship with the Quran and mm-hmm. you had so tied those two things together. Um, and I think that was such an important point that you made because here you are having a good relationship with the Quran and you had this traumatic, um, you know, event that separated you from it. And then we all, we all know about, you know, cases of spiritual abuse and, and things where people have had a bad relationship with the Quran or with prayer or with religion. Um, and on top of that, have had that trauma that separates them. So um, my question to you, um, 
you know, even though you were separated um, from the Quran and you eventually found your way back, um, do you think there would be like, if you had to go back and do things all over again, um, would you do things differently? Um, or would you still give yourself that time away? Like, how would you kind of approach it um, from that lens? Thank you so much for that beautiful question. Um, so I'm going to say, no, I wouldn't have done anything different because it was written how it was written and Allah just made it manifest. And if you would have asked me or anyone else, <laughs> would Mariam stop reading the Quran? The answer would be like, are, are you crazy? Because that's, this just wasn't me and not how I respond to things. And in this instance, that's how I responded. And I was surprised to myself because I was at a point where I just could not take it anymore. And when you can't take something anymore, then Allah doesn't burden you with that thing anymore. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says um, in Quran al-Kareem. Uh, so when you, um, so, so that there's a good thing in that because you just know like, well, at least this is the end of that. <laughs> right. Um, however, I, as a culmination of so many different frustrations, annoyances, and aggravations, traumatizations, and there was never a moment that I didn't trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was those other things, the aggravation, annoyance, irritation, in which I needed a timeout. And I couldn't understand how to solve my issues or my particular ibtila. And ibtila here isn't just the word test or exam, it's a literal raising of the ranks of this person that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting you through. And endurance and perseverance are key. Um, how I endured and how I persevered was not the best, <laughs> um, but I still endured and persevered and turned back. And Allah loves those who are awabin, who turn back and repent. And, and I had some repenting to do. And also I knew that this is still the book of Allah and Allah is Allah, Allahu Ahad. Allah is El Ahad, the unique indivisible one. And so all of those things, even the Quran, or in the sense of when people weaponize religion or weaponize things in religion, you still can survive. You still can be a Muslim. You still could be a mu'mina. You still could be muhsina without those tools. You still can survive without Quran. You can still survive without Salah. It's going to be so challenging though. It's going to affect how high one can go with their with their faith and with their relationship with Allah, but but there's still survival. And so knowing and the end 
everything will perish except the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And and this I knew, like I had no, there's just no shaking. There's there's al yakin which means the certainty of knowledge. And so I know Quran, it wasn't just Quran by itself or Hadith by itself or Salat by itself or, or those things that we do. However, if I lost Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I was going to be ruined. And, and keeping that in mind through the hurt and the harm that people will disappoint us. Yeah, Allah, they will disappoint us and Allah will never disappoint us. Allah will never leave us. SubhanAllah. Beautiful. And it's it, it's so incredible to hear this from you as someone who has experienced this firsthand because this is knowledge that it's in the Quran, you know, it's in the text, we can read it, we can read books on it, but unless you've experienced it yourself, um, you can't really teach it. And so I really appreciate you not only making it through for yourself, but also passing along this wisdom for others to learn from. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Anyone else have a question or a reflection they'd like to share? And you'll have- I think also by this time we're, we're getting that Ramadan sleepiness. <laughs> I, how fast can you fall asleep? Well, I thought I had insomnia, but apparently not. (laughs) Yeah, I think after the two-week mark, the metabolism starts to slow down and everything starts to slow with it. (laughs) SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. Um, I wanted to just uh, thank you, uh, Ustaza Mariam, for your incredible knowledge and for just sharing you know, the, the experience of that knowledge. Um, and it's, it's just so inspiring to, uh, actually when you were saying that we should each embrace the names of Allah that are, you know, particular to our experience or our, the, the way that language and concept are transmitted to us in our lives. I, I just really got chills, um, from that statement from you, knowing how deep and profound um, from hearing your recitations um, that experience is. And, you know, as a, um, you know, doing the the azan has been really healing for me um, and being able, thank you all so much for your support and encouragement in that and, and love um, that, that love, which I've received for, for doing that, even though it's really like a healing pra- practice for me mm. to, um, to find a way to, um, learn and grow with that. And also find that, uh, uniqueness, mm-hmm. um, you know, on one hand, I really, I always feel that like intensity and pressure to learn more and to, to, to gain more knowledge, but also to let go and accept the knowledge that's there. And to really, um, that was my test for myself for this Azan was to just um, remember a song that had a, a spiritual feeling to me from 20 years ago and use the melody from that to, um, to animate the Azan. So um, yeah, I just really want to thank you all and especially 
uh, Mariam for your, for, you know, just providing us with like that aspiration. And if, if I would love to hear your advice as well on how to, um, you know, your thoughts on the process of learning Quran um, recitations. SubhanAllah. Thank you so much. Um, so my Islam in America hijab wants to speak now because, <laughs> <laughs> because you mentioned something um, that, um, so I teach Islam in America um, in various capacities and um, so at rabata.org and also um, in academic settings, so college, college campus. And so one of the things that one would um, hear in my class is um, you, you mentioned something reaching back and um, connecting via then. And so that's not so far fetched from a melody, melody in your head just because of those forefathers and foremothers who in the United States were doing just that. They were, they were reaching back from whence they came from many from the Senegambia. And, and that melody um, of the Adhan that they did shows up in music, especially in the blues and in jazz music. And we have you know, recordings of those the mimosis of the sounds and how the sounds kept and were preserved by those people. And most famously by Bilali Muhammad who had different anglicized names. Um, but definitely I would encourage all of us to read uh, Sylvia and Joof's book, Servants of Allah, because she does a great job of of accenting and focusing on those little traces throughout American history. Um, and she also points out these things in South America, Latin America, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like she's sort of the one who's done the best job <laughs> and the most extensive job. And so for my teacher, Allah yarhamhu amin, the late Dr. Suleiman Yang, who I used to call the godfather of Islam in America um, because he just was. And always he would give me some type of, when I would see him, he would give me some type of homework. And you're like, oh, I thought I was coming to you to get some information. And then he'd turn that around. And um, someone prayed for me to be here and someone prayed for you to be here. And when he told me that I got goosebumps because the 70s TV series Roots, which highlighted Alex Haley, the author, Alex Haley, who also sort of was the out ghost writer for um, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, he found his roots in the Senegambia and these Muslim people. Now he did not highlight so much that they were Muslim, but when they say in the TV series, Salaam Alaikum, there's no mistaking. Those are Muslim people. <laughs> 
And there's no mistaking that when they had Kunta Kinte and that they gave birth, that they dedicated his life and his personhood to Allahu Ahad. They held him up and said, behold, there, there is no one greater than you speaking about Allahu Ahad. And so it's here in our history. It's somebody made to offer us to be here. And it is so beautiful that you're unlocking the tradition and the historical legacy and reclaiming what we lost. Wow, thank you so much. I'm gonna look at all of those things. <laughs> That's really rich. And uh, Fatima also had a book recommendation. Do you wanna? Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, didn't wanna be rude, but uh, uh, Sister Jessica, you spoke about something that I was just thinking about because I was reading about this book. And so this other sister, she connected me to this book and then I, you know, I found it a little bit kind of hard to, you know, completely get there in terms of practical and realistic, but there is some certainly a very deep and wonderful spiritual element that I think like a lot of Muslims, we get caught up in like this stuff, we're not good enough, I don't know, I'm not sure, I can't go back, blah, 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 right, we have all these things going on, but um, the core message in Allah is the creator of the universe, and we just try to stay on that track and remind ourselves and other people and everybody seems to have different ideas of what that looks like in practice but we can't always let other people define what it means to us what Allah SWT means to us but is this the um, secret so because I can definitely relate to what you just said about um about Allah SWT just never never leaving even though you feel like you should be or it's not for you or there's no space for you uh, you have just so many doubts, um, but like you said, aggravation and frustration can really evolve at best after a while into being able to speak about experience and then be able to help others. So thank you. This is the Secrets of Divine Love book? Yeah, Secrets of Divine Love. Okay. I made a title. By A. Hella. And then in response to the learning Quran, so there are so many options now. Um, and I'm going to drop some options for you. And then I'm just going to give some advice. <laughs> um, so uh, as adults learners, um, rabata.org uh, is a great place for Tajweed. Um, Akal Institute located in Dallas. Um, it's run by um, um, a husband and wife team. Um, Usad Wissam Sharif and uh, Alia Nihal. Um, those are two of the places. They're both global too and affordable. And so the reason why I'm the reason why I'm I'm going to suggest those two is for two reasons. As a woman, you need someone who is going to look at you as a devotee of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not as you are a woman and you can't X, Y, Z or um, cultural baggage stuff. I can't do cultural baggage. <laughs> I don't do it well. It interferes with my relationship with the Quran. And so I'm just mentioning spaces in which I feel you're not gonna find the cultural baggage 
and that you'll find encouragement in an authentic way and that you go at your own pace. And then the second is that your teacher be loving towards you and loving towards Allah and loving towards Rasulullah and loving towards the Quran. Just because you have technique and execute tajweed and the recitation rules, that's all well and fine. You are not a container or a receptacle. You are a person and you are aiming to be Quran walking like Rasulullah And so the person who is your teacher should reflect that. And you know, because it's an interview, you are interviewing them and they are interviewing you. It's not a one-way street, it's a two-way street. And if you have someone who executes beautifully and wow, they recite well and they are nasty and they're horrid and they scream and they spew vitriol, then I think you know that you need to take yourself elsewhere. That's right. That's right. Don't, don't ever, 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 ever let that person become the wedge between you and Allah and their, and Allah's Quran, because they will, because the vitriol and the nastiness and the rudeness, that's not a prophetic technique and it's not an effective technique. And it does not make you love Allah, then the Rasul, then the Quran. And so you leave it. If you, you will know, you're going to know. Like when people say, I walked into the house and I knew it was the house I had to buy. You know, (laughs) find the teacher, you know, you just know. And inshallah, everything has its risk. Allahu Razak. Allah is the one who provides and everything is for an appointed time is an appointed time for one week, one year, one decade. It may be all of those, but just know that Allah will send you someone if you ask. Yeah, I have to say Rabada has been a good resource to start out with. I don't mean to keep monopolizing anything, but a lot in my heart and I appreciate, like I said, the opportunity, but and I read the crowning venture. I did reach out to some of my sisters through WhatsApp, but they hadn't been responsive. So, you know, I have to just keep pushing with that different avenues of people who are able to or wanting to talk. But I don't have like book clubs. I don't have a community. Um, I really, you know, I'm searching for all of that. And of course, yeah, in time, I want to be able to learn Quran um, independent of all of the noise that I'm unfortunately having to go through. So. Oh Allah, please help us with the noise. I mean, ya Allah. <laughs> and fill our ears and our hearts with the sound of your Quran and envelop us in it. I mean, I mean. And yes, the crowning venture. Okay, so some of those folks were my friends. And know that I'm saying this because there's people who were 17 years old and people who were 70. And then some people who had cultural stuff 
and other people who were like, I can't speak a lick of Arabic. <laughs> All of the above. And some people who memorized 27 Juzah and other people who just gave up because the people in their community forced them to that. So I'm so glad that you read it. Um, and, uh, and I'm gonna tell you my selfish, <laughs> um, my selfish prayer that not only that I become Hafiva, but I become Waritha. Inshallah. So this is a name from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahu Warith, the one who inherits. And I want to inherit the Quran so that I can share with others, subhanAllah. And so I'm praying that Allah is Allah is al hafid So I'll be Hafida and Waritha. Ameen, Ameen. In, in reflection of the attribution of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And let's talk about also in your email, we'll get you in touch with folks you need to get in touch with. All right, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even mind these sisters here. I mean, I'll, I'll send that message out early next week. And if we want to do anything, I don't want to overstep bounds. Inshallah, inshallah. I do want to be open inshallah. to that. Inshallah. I'm inshallah. down, include me. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> thank you, sister. Any other questions or reflections? Can I go? Yes, please go ahead. Okay. Um, so I was reflecting uh, on the khutbah, and one thing that uh, Sister Maryam said that resonated is something that I've been studying uh, from a neuropsychological perspective. And one of the things that comes up is how different people uh, process it differently. So some people go inward, some people project it outward, and it manifests in different ways. And as a community, we have to give space to everyone instead mm -hmm. of kind of judging them based on where they're at. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really beautiful because it kind of shows that, you know, we are on all on a journey and, uh, you know, we we have to be mindful that, you know, we don't know when we are going to face that. Uh, oh, you know, inshallah, God protect us. But mm -hmm. yeah, I just wanted to share that, that, you know, it was something that I've been reflecting on a lot. And uh, it, you know, goes in the neuropsychological studying of how, you know, our brains are wired a certain way and that's why when you said that you know we have zikr and we have tilawa we have all these uh resources um even jessica's uh you know experience with singing as a healing modality right i think these are all resources that uh, as a community you know maybe as women we might be more attuned to because in the masculine spaces you know we kind of divorce from that aspect, that creative or that body sensation of the, you know, religious experience. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. Allahumma rakal hamd, ya Allah. And, and, and in the khutbah, I asked, I asked, and we should all ask for husn al-khatam, the best ending, Ya Allah, and ask Allah for the afia, for 
excuse excuse me, for wholeness and health and for pardon, for pardon for, for the transgressing that we did against the law, that we did against others, and then that we did against ourselves. Mm. I mean, I mean, And Hala is actually our khatiba for next month. So Wonderful. Hala, join us next month. You'll be hearing from her. <laughs> Any other questions or reflections for our khatiba or ma'abana? Let me just, just uh, share something with you. Um, unfortunately, um, our other Mohasan uh, um, has left. I don't know if she's still here. But for you, Fatma, there are circles of women who do gather and do recitation, just circles of women. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. But Mahasan is in one of those, and she's been doing it for several years. Is that Everybody. right? Yeah, so, and that's very supportive. It's a safe space of all women uh, who just want to have a place to practice, to be together, to, to recite in, in, with other people, which has also been. Can you tell me the name again? Or? Um, I'm not sure. Um, her name is Mahasan Shamsuddin, and she was on the call, but I, I believe she's left. Um, but um, I can certainly find out for you okay. how they do that. And it's, it's all over the country. They're not physically together. They're doing it over the phone or, or uh, digitally. They're, doing it. They're, not, they're not present with each other, but it's, uh, it's a regular gathering. Okay. Thank you so much, sister. Yes, and I want to follow up with with you with that because there are there are some depending on where you know your region. Inshallah, we can hook you up with some circles. <laughs> oh, it's past time. I mean, I've been here in the cut. Like I've been out here just trying to figure out what I'm doing, and it's been a very lonely journey. And then, you know, I don't really, I guess, I don't really have a connection, so I find myself emailing you know, Sister Husna way too much because, or Sister um, Samia, you know, who was in that position before she moved on, but, you know, I'd just be sending her all kinds of messages, and so that was me, if you were wondering who that Fatma was, but that's the person, if you remember, maybe Husna, you remember, just sending millions of messages, because I'm just... I haven't checked my email in seven years, so I don't so that's know. That's okay. That's totally fine. <laughs> I but probably haven't seen any. I have sisters in the UK, and they're like, what are they doing, Sunni Shia stuff? I'm like, I was like, you need to get on this circuit because like we're doing a lot of great stuff in the United States, but I just am not as connected as I should be. So like you said, it's global. We definitely need this kind of movement everywhere. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And inshallah, um, uh, you know, once we are able to move forward, um, I uh, for those of you who were with us, I think I said this in the second year, maybe our co-ed iftar, I was like, nobody asked me when we're starting our Quran literacy program until after we have a full-time employee. So um, so I'm not promising any deadline or, you know, uh, start dates yet, but inshallah, the plan is, you know, we'll get this first um, manager in um, who then inshallah can turn into executive director. And once we have that going um, at that point, we'll start to prepare to launch our Quran literacy program. And um, that's gonna be a year long reading of the Quran in English with the commentary. And we're gonna be reading the Muhammad Asad translation um, because he uh, does a really good job of um, highlighting different points of view within his you know, small you know, footnotes and, and commentary. Um, and we also would have uh, monthly meetings um, 
with a different scholar uh, whenever there is like a controversial verse that people have questions about. So um, it would be like kind of handholding everybody through um, this entire reading of the Quran so that you have a sense of ownership uh, of your faith. Um, because um, I know before I finished reading the Quran, there were even moments where I had read 80% and someone said something Islamophobic and said, made a claim about the Quran and I couldn't stand up and speak for the Quran because I didn't know for sure if that was true or not. Um, mm -hmm. And so it really gives you this sense of ownership. It also helps you understand what is actually Islam and what is culture. Um, yes. You know, as important as finding out what's in the Quran, it's more important, I think, sometimes to find out what's not in it. Um, and uh, Maheen Ibrahim, one of our um, former board members, um, and uh, she uh, finally read the Quran in English, um, I think a few years ago. And she told me, she was like, you know, uh, before I read it, I thought the Quran was all going to be about like rules, what to wear, what to do. Um, and it actually is all about charity and taking care of those in need and patience and forgiveness. Um, and she said, 80% of my Islam came from Hadith. And now it's coming from the Quran. So um, we're not trying to demote Hadith at all. Hadith are definitely important. But what we do want to do with this program is elevate the Quran to mm -hmm. its proper status. Mm -hmm. um, and so, inshallah, that's something that we're working towards. Um, you know, we're, we're still a while away from it. But um, we do appreciate you guys, um, you know, supporting us financially, spreading the word, asking others to support us this Ramadan. Um, as you know, Muslims love to give during Ramadan. So we're really trying to meet our goal during Ramadan um, so that we'll be set for the coming year with our Jumma program and then additional programs, inshallah. So do we have any last questions or reflections for anyone uh, from anyone before we close up? Um, I actually wanted to uh, connect with you, Sister Gail. Um, I'm going to drop my email in the chat box. If you're up for connecting with me, I would appreciate it. I wanted to talk to you about a couple things. <laughs> it is all about the connections. I love it. It's a <laughs> great networking session today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Awesome. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Anything else? And Mariam, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with us or um, any instructions for the for the month ahead be between Jummas or for the last uh the last bit of Ramadan. Inshallah to for us to keep la ilaha illallah moist on our tongue. Inshallah from now until the end, whenever the end is, but the end of Ramadan, the end of the end, but inshallah la ilaha illallah asking again Allah for husnul khatam for the best ending asking Allah for afia wholeness and pardon in this month and to know that Allah will never 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 disappoint us subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shaduna illaha anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ameen all right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We had a great time chatting with you, and we hope that um, you have an amazing rest of Ramadan. Inshallah, all of your 
good duas come true. And God knows what the good duas are. We don't always know ourselves. So inshallah, everything it, um, turns out in the way that's best for us in this world and the next. And we have an amazing Amen. rest of Ramadan and Amen. an amazing month ahead. Ramadan Mubarak. Seeing you all Ramadan. next time, inshallah. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak.